Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 32. <clears throat> so, um, let's begin. Uh, we're going to do a little Bible study. Uh, we're going to do readings. We're going to try to catch up. I'm going to do some of the readings that I missed out in the last couple of days. Uh, so, let's look at uh, the reading for Monday, uh, octave of Easter. So I'm going to you know, skip through the introduction, but we're going to just do make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. So this reading here is from Acts chapter 2, verse 14, 22, and 33. All right. Uh, God raised this Jesus of this we are all witnesses. A reading from the book of Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed all of you, staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to my words. You who are children of Israel, hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs, which God worked through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this man delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, with him at uh, with him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Therefore my heart has been glad, and my tongue has exalted. My flesh too will be will dwell in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your holy one to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in, you, in, in your presence. My brothers, you can confidently, one can confidently uh, say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried, and his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus, of this we are all witnesses, exalted at the right hand of God. He poured forth the promise of the Holy Spirit that he received from the Father, as you, as you both see and hear. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So, the, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Simon Peter and the apostles, all the apostles. Pentecost finally arrived. Soon we'll be celebrating that within a month. Fantastic and beautiful. And what happens? What does the Holy Spirit do? Do. The Holy Spirit strengthens our faith. 
The Holy Spirit strengthens us, gives us the confidence and the knowledge we need. Now, that doesn't come whether we ask for it or not. No, we have to pray. We have to have a great desire, a great desire to want to know Christ, to want to know God. Many Christians, I think, take it for granted. Many think that this knowledge, this confidence, this the fortitude, um, everything that, that we need, faith, hope, and love, fortitude, confidence and you know in 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 the whole in in the faith does not come to us um without a great desire in our heart we have to pray for the desire to grow in faith we have to pray for the desire to grow knowledge and to walk in the in in the ways of the faith to what in the path of christ we have to strive to walk the narrow way. We often think that, you know, I think we have a very false understanding. And a lot of times, a lot of us don't want to suffer. We don't want to, to, to be persecuted in our faith. Nobody wants to be persecuted for their faith. But the other day, my mom and I watched a movie, Jeremiah, and Jeremiah went through a lot. Jeremiah didn't want to suffer. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah, as a boy, had a, a, a mystical encounter where he found himself as a boy walking into the Temple of Solomon, being drawn by the, the Holy Spirit of God, by the Word of God. And, and God put his word in Jeremiah's mouth meaning in his heart and in his, and he, he consecrated him and made him a, ma, a, a prophet, a messenger. And this, this came at a great price. His father was a priest in the film. They, of course, much of it is artistic license, but his father wasn't happy with it. His father was okay with the status quo. You know, he, his father didn't want to rock the rock the boat, didn't want to point out to the, to the immorality of the house of David, to the abuse, to the manipulation and the lying and the stealing and the murder and the adultery and everything. You know, it's like today, much of our clerics, much of Catholics today don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to suffer for the faith. They don't want to strive and walk the straight and narrow way. They don't, and it's true. It's hard. Who says it's easy? I mean, if it's hard for someone who has no love for God, but remains in the faith, it, it's just, it, it would be hard for someone who has a love for God or even a mediocre, lukewarm love for God is even harder. But if we don't love God, if we don't love the ways of God, then what good are we to our families? What good are we to our society and our culture? What good are we to God? Peter got up and spoke in front of everyone. Jesus was a big, sore wound, 
a big, difficult subject matter. He was a controversial figure. Everybody, they knew. They knew about this miracle worker from Nazareth, from Galilee. They knew that he he was a sore thumb. I mean, he basically was like, you know, it's like Jesus stuck his finger in the sore, sensitive pride of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, of the money changers, of unrepented sinners, of devout Jews who who felt that he went too far to one end, he went too far to the Gentiles, and he went too far in forgiving sinners. The apostles themselves, he was a sore subject matter because they abandoned him. They abandoned him. They ran away. They ran away the night he was he was arrested. They abandoned him and they and as he prophesied it, he told them that he would that, that they would abandon him. So getting they they loved him, but they they broke his heart. In many ways, of course, they they would have died and they weren't ready for that. But now now they know the truth of who he is. He's Lord and He's God. He's Messiah. He's Christ. He's Redeemer. He sits at the right hand of the Father. They received the Holy Spirit. Do they still understand everything? No. The very thought of bringing Gentiles into the faith, it's still going to be a, a tough subject matter. But they know the prophecies that the Gentiles will hope. How they're going to deal with, a, with, Christian, with Jewish Christians who are going to find this a difficult subject matter. How they're going to deal with the idea of seeing Jesus as the atonement for all sin. That much of the ceremonial laws are not needed. That the kosher laws are not needed. That's going to be a difficult subject matter. That they have to confess their sins. <clears throat> their attitude about sin has to change. Their attitude about forgiveness has to change. Not just attitude. But the theological concept of, forgive, of forgiveness of sins is going to be a very touchy subject matter for them. It's not going to be easy. For us, it's not easy to admit that we're sinners, to admit that we have addiction to sin, to admit that we have to... Um, resist temptation to sin we live in now in a very in, in a very um pleasure seeking society we're visually attracted to sin we're visually att attracted to it and we like looking at it and it's also you know we we carry it in us pornography is everywhere Gluttony is everywhere. All right, distraction is everywhere. Gossip is everywhere. It's, you know, and also, we're also, our, our, we want to be accepted. We don't want to be 
um, we don't want to be, in a sense, cast out. We don't want to be left out from society. And not only that, there's also one thing we don't like to talk about. Death or mortality. That's one important thing that was big in those days. Death was death in the time of Jesus and in many cases up to modern times. Since modern medicine has prolonged our life and also has pushed our mortality almost to the sidelines. It's funny, like we make entertainment of death. We do. We make entertainment of it. We, in a video games, in um, movies and horror films. But the fact remains is death is real. And we also don't like to think about something else. Judgment. Making an account of ourselves before God. Judgment is real. These are the things that Simon Peter had to stand up and remind them on the day of Pentecost. All their patriarch, all their their past ancestors have died. Jesus rose from the dead. And this is a reality. And we, we have to ask ourselves, are we ready to make an account of ourselves in front of God, the Father, in front of the throne of God? Are we ready to make an account of ourselves for the sins that we refuse to repent of? Are we ready to face God? No, the answer is no. A lot of us are terrified about that. But this is, a, this is something we have to start addressing. We need a Redeemer, and that Redeemer is Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on from there. All right, so... I'm going to read the uh, Psalm 16, and then we're going to go directly into the uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Okay, Psalm 16, and the response is, Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. And I will add the Alleluia. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, my Lord, are you? O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup, you it is who hold fast my lot. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia. I bless the Lord who counsels me, even in the night my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me, with him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope, alleluia. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices, my body too abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope, alleluia. You will show me the path to life, fullness of joys, fullness of joys in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, alleluia. Psalm 118, verse 24. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there 
they will see me. Matthew, the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 28, verse 8 to 15. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going to while they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had happened. The chief priests assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, "You are to say, his disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep." And if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and keep and, and keep you out of the trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has circulated among the Jews to this present day. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So now we get to the gospel, we got to the Acts, and now we're in the gospel of Matthew. We're sort of like going backward in time. But now here's an interesting thing, okay? And I know this is, uh, this is one of the great apologetic arguments. How did a bunch of bumbling fishermen, Galilean fishermen, were able to go past a bunch of Roman soldiers, well professional Roman soldiers, even let's say if they were not well behaved and they were not professional, but let's say let's say the word seasoned, seasoned in fighting, seasoned in the ability to kill uh, how did you roll away a stone without making any noise? How did you, and here's the question, why would you take a body but leave behind the shroud, right? A body is practically two days old, right? I mean, in a sense, yeah, you know, from Friday evening, because really in a sense, the way, the way technically a lot of people have to understand his passion and his burial, basically his, his it, you know, really in a sense began Thursday evening. But yeah, the point is, how did you get past these soldiers? And not only that, remember, I doubt that it was just Roman soldiers uh, you know, sitting there watching them. There had to be temple guards just to secure the whole thing, to make sure that it's been done. But the fact that you have Rome professional killers, seasoned warriors, most likely undisciplined, maybe they were sleeping, most likely they were. Uh, and then the fact that even if they were taking naps, <clears throat> but still, how do you roll away a stone? 
How do you roll away a stone without anyone hearing it? And why would you take the body and leave the shroud? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And what are you going to do with the body? And you can't die for a lie. There's some people that might. Maybe you might get one or two. You may get people who are well delusional. But you can't. And you can't get everybody on the same page. Liars never stay on the same page. They're never consistent. Seriously, we've all done it. We've all tried to lie and we're not consistent. It's sad. But in a sense, really, you can't, you know, you can't get a bunch of soldiers, especially scared soldiers. And they must have told them what they saw, the priests, about this fantastic apparition of an angel rolling away the stone. They must have given them an account about this. Now, either they really believed them or they suspect, they think the soldiers were drinking or the soldiers were delusional. But you can't die for a lie. So here's another question. It, why did the Pharisees and the high priest believed or were able to comprehend that Jesus mentioned the resurrection and the apostles didn't? Now, did the high priest fear that the apostles might steal his body, that they might fake his death? Were they paying attention to the miracles? It's strange, right? Think about it. His opponents knew what he was talking about, knew what he was saying, but his own followers didn't. It's, you know, the Gospels don't lie about this. The Gospels point this out. They make it quite clear. The apostles don't hide their their lack of faith in him. It's quite jarring when you think about it. When you look at it, it's quite jarring. They didn't listen to him. They doubted him. They saw the miracles. They acted like they didn't they they never saw a miracle, right? They they saw that he they they knew that he raised Lazarus from the dead. They saw that he resurrected the widow's son outside of Jericho and Naim. They saw they some of them remembered the raising of Jairus' daughter, who was both of them were like both of the, those were but like a day a day dead. 
several hours dead. Lazarus was four days dead. All right? They saw the people he healed from blindness. They saw the curing of lepers. They witnessed the two events of the storm, right? One's where he was sleeping in the back of the boat. They heard, they woke him up. He calmed the storm. They saw him walking on, uh, on the stormy seas, getting uh, Simon Peter going out to meet him. They witnessed these events. They saw all the <clears throat> demonic exorcism, the exorcism, the casting out of demons, the two miracles of the multiplication of lobes, the turning of water into wine in Cana of Galilee. They witnessed all these events and they still lacked faith. This is what the gospels show us. And this is what we're, you know, we're sort of, you know, facing these days is a lack of faith. It's amazing, but it's true. So the question again is, how is it that the opponents heard all these things, but his disciples did not? How is it that the opponents had fear of the of a of a resurrection, but his apostles did not hold this in their mind? Did not did not lost a lot? Did not have the faith to believe in the resurrection? <clears throat> soldiers, a bunch of uh, soldiers were 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 made fools of by a bunch of Gal- Galilean fishermen, right? Overcome by them, they ran to the high priest, but they didn't go to Pilate. Of course, yeah, yeah. They they were terrified of Pilate. Pilate would have probably killed them. They ran to the high priest. This is the things you got to take in consideration about Christianity. It's, you know, it's something to think about. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.